buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is going on, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode of Sales Hustle. I have a special guest today, Chris Watson, the voice of the Sales Rebellion. We've prepped him before. He's going to bring nothing but sales fire for you guys today. But first, I want to introduce Chris and let's, you know, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into sales. Keep it short because we want to pack this episode with value for all the sales hustlers out there. Yeah, short version. Uh, my dad was a classified ad salesperson. Uh, he used to have to go on these sales calls all the time, and he taught me the art of sales. I went to calls with him when I was seven. I went to calls with him when I was 11, and then he goes, hey, you know what? You're going to start sailing. So I was kind of kind of forced into the sales world itself, but I think it was something natural that kind of came because I enjoyed connecting with people. Um, and so, yeah, it was lineage, man, heritage. Mm, okay. That's interesting because the more common story I hear is like, oh, you know, I fell into sales or lost a job or the economy was bad and went into sales or it's the only job that I could have for, for me. Nobody wanted me. The only thing that I could get was a sales job and made a career out of it. So it's a little bit different. It's almost like you were that kid growing up that was like wanting to do sales, which is pretty unusual. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the Gary Vee in the baseball card that far, but I can tell you we got into a lot of movies for free at the at the $3 theater because I talked our way back and said, hey, if you can do this for us, we can do this for you. And there was a little bit of quid pro quo. So I got to see a lot of free movies back in the day, let's say in high school. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. All right. So you started early on. It's clear to me that that is the case here. Now, why don't you tell us paint us a picture or tell us a story as you like to of, you know, what you're seeing in the sales world today, how you guys are doing, what are you teaching, the principles, the framework that's really different than the more traditional kind of old school way of selling. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, is that um, our customer is becoming, has become more intelligent and because they become more intelligent, we can't continue to use what we've always used before. And if you continue to use what you've always used before, you're going to be like white noise. And when I say white noise, that's what I put my four-year-old to sleep with. That's what you and I turn on. We turn on the rain. We turn on the waterfall. It helps us fall asleep. At first, we hear it, and then slowly, I don't even hear it anymore, and I'm so relaxed, and I'm falling asleep. That's not what we want from a buyer. That's not what we want from our customer. Instead, we want to break through that noise. We want to be outside of that noise. And, and so something in the rebellion we teach a lot is how do we disrupt? I call it the habit loop or the brain loop. 
Our customers, our buyers, you, me, we all have habits. We have this loop. If I asked you, uh, at what time did you brush your teeth this morning? Uh, when we used to have a commute to work, if I'd say, hey, what, what happened on the commute? You would have mm -hmm. no idea because it's become so habitual we don't think about it anymore. Well, mm -hmm. when you call somebody or you email them and they don't know you, it's become habitual for them to say, not interested. I'm good. Delete. Spam. And so because of that, we've really got to take a moment to say, how can we make them curious? How can we connect with them? How can we disrupt that pattern? And I'm not saying disrupt in a negative way, and I'm not even saying disrupt uh, in, in a way that's not on par with their narrative. So, you know, I specialize in storytelling. I'm really big on how do we help salespeople speak the narrative of the buyer or the customer that they are going to be interacting with? How do we tell a story around that? If I can give you just a quick uh, one liner, two liner one that we've used that we used a lot during COVID is, you know, one of one of the lines or one of the emails that went out. It said, I've inherited like the subject line was I've inherited two new business associates. And then in the body of the email, we talked about the fact that my four year old was my newest business associate and would come in on the mm -hmm. zooms and would interact with people. And the hard part was that everyone loved him, but they didn't care for me because I'm a sales guy. <laughs> and the okay. other hard part well, was cheap. Go ahead. At least the email didn't say, I hope you and your family are doing well in these difficult nah. times. That's, noise. The, that's noise. the white noise that that's we're all right. seeing, that we're deleting, that we don't. So I, I think, you know, what you're saying is, is so important because, you know, what you're doing is by breaking the noise, you're showing up different than everybody else, which obviously we know that's important, but you're also putting yourself in their shoes. What are they dealing with while they're at home now and what can they relate to and having that be your opener to then for the actually will pay attention to the meat of whatever it is that you want to say in your story. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think the, the key is, is that quit putting the spotlight on you and put the spotlight on them. You're not the hero. They're the hero. I don't care if your features or your product are what is going to solve all their problems too often on <laughs> LinkedIn, too often on these podcasts, too often in books. It's all about, how can you fix their pain? How can you, hey, you know what? We might be the doctor, but we're not the hero in the end of the story. They are. And so we have to treat them like they're the hero and we're helping them get to happily ever after. Mm, okay. So how do you, how does somebody who has no experience maybe thinks of themselves, you know, as a sales professional, but not a creative type, not good at writing, all of the crap that they tell themselves to not get started and showing up in a different way for their prospect. How do you break through that to get somebody and where do they start? Yeah. So the, the line I've been using on LinkedIn a lot is you must know thyself before you can know thy customer or know thy buyer. So it starts with you which feels counterproductive. It's like, well, shouldn't I go research the company and get mm -hmm. as much information as I can? Well, no, because you don't know how to convey that information because you don't know what you're great at. So there are so many mediums that we have the ability to connect with people. What we have to determine is what's the medium that fits me? What's the creative that fits me? If I feel like I have no creative ability, I would challenge that to say you just haven't truly tapped into the creative ability that you have. Uh, I've met teachers that are great at sales and people are like, why? And I'm like, well, because they sold their 18-year-old students all the time on why mm. geometry was important. So yeah. we have those. We just need help. We need people to help us almost shine the light on them and say, this is what you're great at. How do we now take that skill within you and now be outside of the noise and connecting with people? So, I, you know, I've got a student that is 
is literally taking on their first job. They are 23 years old. They just graduated college in May. They kind of fell into the role, as you as you spoke about. And yeah. we've really honed in on, well, what are you great at? And they're like, well, I'm pretty good at – and they always want to go into sales skills. No, no, no. Sales is human. So tell me what you're great at with people. We take that, know thyself. Then – now, if we figure out more information, do a deep dive and research, I'm not talking about the bull crap of like, I know what college you went to and you've got three kids and you like to golf and I like to golf because that doesn't do anything for them. Know thyself, know thy customer, know thy buyer, connect what I'm great at, interrupt them, disrupt them, get through the, the white noise by saying something to them that I know fits the narrative of their organization or the narrative of what the pain or illness they're going through. And how are you tying in whatever that is that you're great at that you've discovered through getting to know yourself into the content, into the copy, into the outreach, into the messaging, into the story? How are you implementing that? Why does that matter? Well, it matters because that's what I can be passionate about. That's what I know I can do well. Mm. The reason why salespeople suck at emails is because they think they suck at emails. The reason why salespeople are scared of getting on a cold call is because they already are telling themselves, I'm not going to do well on this cold call. So if we can offer them something early on that, that it's like, hey, you've, you've ridden a bike for 20 years. Why don't you just do it like riding the bike? Oh, I never thought about that. And you already know how to do that. That instills some power. For instance, if we find somebody that you know was in debate for a lot of years and then, to your point, fell into a sales role, they don't line those up. Now, I'm saying this out loud, and listeners are like, well, that makes plenty of sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for a lot of people because people compartmentalize their jobs. I worked mm -hmm. at a grocery store. In, in high school, okay, now I, I'm a salesperson. Well, so you met random people all the time and you made them feel really welcome and that you wanted them to come back and shop at your neighborhood grocery store. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do in sales. What? You were really good at that. Oh, how do we use those exact same skills? Tell me about how you did that. Tell me why they liked you or maybe they didn't like you. Tell me what you hated about being a cashier. Tell me what you liked about being a stalker hmm. when, you, when you met, not that kind of stalker, the other kind of stalker, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I think like, Helping them almost shift that skill to then say, okay, this is what we're going to deliver to customer or buyer A, B, or C by utilizing those skills that you've already pre-developed. Right. So it's it's when you say get to know yourself, helping them uncover what they're good at, what their skills are, what lights them up, what they're passionate about, utilizing that, and then helping boost their confidence to use that into their skill, into their craft, which is selling or serving or however you want to look at it. Exactly. And and I think, you know, we spoke off, off recording ahead of time of just kind of talking about this idea of laboratory. And that's what I think people fail in is like, they think there's a silver bullet or there's a secret sauce. And that's not the truth. The secret sauce or the silver bullet is you. You got to prepare yourself that there, it's a laboratory. Sales is a laboratory. Now, don't get me wrong. If we have too many failed experiments, we get fired. But we have to be able to understand that these marketing pieces that are going out, you know, prior to COVID, it was 12 to 14 touches is what got you an appointment. Okay. It is now bumped to 16 to 20. 16 to 20. If I was to ask you, hey, what did one of your best friends post yesterday on Instagram? You'd have no idea. I don't remember the email I got number eight. What I do remember is the brand or the theme that you have carried all the way through 16 touches. That's the key. So the laboratory is 
which of these touches actually have them click or reach out or wow, or this is great, or now you know something about my business. But the real truth is, how can I create a full storyline or a vein, a brand, so to speak, in all of these? I'm a storyteller. I tell a lot of stories in my email, and I try to tell stories that are relevant to the organization. It's not always, hey, I worked with this one organization, XYZ, that's just like you, and they had tons of success. They don't believe that crap. That's like you and me putting testimonials on our website. They know we called somebody that we know. Hey, can you give me a testimonial for this? And I list your name and you got a good title. It's crap. Can you use my service for free so I can slap your logo on my website? Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, people don't. People don't. I mean, that's not enough to show up different to break through the noise like you're mentioning. So you're you're talking about having salespeople tap into a level of creativity that people typically are not teaching them from sales leadership. So how do they, how do they get started with that? How do they shut off all the stuff that tells them that they can't do it or it's not possible or they don't have the skill set to do it? How, how do you work with that? Because I, I, I would imagine that's the case for a lot of people. I'm, I'm going to be real here and I'm going to say it's an excuse that when your company tells you you've got to use this marketing piece or your company tells you you've got to use this script that as soon as you normally get it, unless you're just a lazy person, you're already thinking, how can I make this my own? That's the line, yeah. right? How can yeah. I make this my own? Well, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I didn't have to go tell my four-year-old how to color. I didn't have to teach him how to like make weird shapes and build stuff. He just does that. So we all have a creative piece in our mind. I don't. I think it's it, it's you know. And I will tell you. Let me let me t- let me take two steps back and then I'll go forward with this because I know we want it hard hitting. I don't want to tell a long story. But here's what I'll tell you: is that the things that we do innately are typically the things that we typically run away from. So like. I've told great stories my entire life. I'm an engaging storyteller. My voice is engaging people. But I didn't actually pick up on that till about 10 years ago. It was something innate. So why would I think it's a superpower? Why would I think it's something I want to build on in my sales career? That's what people are missing out on. So when they say, I'm not creative, hey, call me up. Let's work through an hour call. I guarantee I can find you places in your life you're creative. You might be creative in the kitchen. You might be creative in your mixology. You might be creative in your Pinterest. You might be creative in the way you're trying to run your Instagram. You might be creative in your fashion. And all we have to do is tap into the thinking of those and reverse engineer those and put them in sales and say, you got this marketing piece from your company. How do we make this the same way you make an outfit on Saturday night? They're going to go to the club in and they're like, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. Every single person is struggling to think about it that way because Mm -hmm. they have narrowed themselves in this box that you said that a lot of them say, well, I'm just not really creative. You Mm -hmm. don't have to be creative. Uh, Other people say, Uh, I don't really have a good story. They think it's one story. It's not one story. It's many stories. I like, I like, I I think that you're right. It is an excuse. Um, I have to say that I've probably had a, some similar excuse myself. Like, Oh, I'm not good at writing. I'm not great at writing, you know, things that would be one of my excuses in the past that I would tell myself for not writing good copy, not writing email, not posting content. Right. But it's like you said, it's the sales laboratory, right? So even if you're not great at something today, there's enough in you that you can get started and improve and collect feedback and test and see what works. And and the more you do things, the better you get with anything. And let me, let me call that out for a moment and say this. I would challenge people that know they're not good at something right now to be very bold and ironic about that 
in what they're doing. So if you're writing an email and you know you're not good at emails, I would literally write in the email, hey, Mr. Watson, to be quite honest, I know I'm not very good at emails. So I think because of that, I want to get straight to the point. You're probably going to hit spam anyways because I'm a salesperson. But if you take 30 seconds to read this, here's what I would tell you is the most important things about a XYZ company. Call that out. Why yeah. do you call that out? Because that's a disruptor. Everyone else is trying to, to be fake great it at emails. Make it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, I, it's, it's like being deep, authentic to the core of just being fully transparent of who you are, where you are, and, and being human about it. Not, not just trying to create a template that you can scale or that silver bullet, you know, really just showing up who you are as you are and putting that into your story, into your copy. Exactly. The scalable, the scalable piece of it all is you, because as you get into the lab and you do it more, you now know what you can reproduce well, and you know who you need to partner with in the areas that you need to grow upon. That's the point of a LinkedIn, right? That's the point of podcasts is that those are the places that we say, you know, I'm not very strong in X, so I need to go and I need to tune those skills by listening to others that are. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's a great, that's a great piece of advice there. So I mean, it being just an awareness, an awareness of the areas that you might need to improve is is big itself. And I'm a big believer in feedback, right? So if you try something, ask people what they thought about it. If 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 it didn't, if the experiment didn't go well, figure out, ask questions from both the the positive or the negative. The people that say no, no thanks, remove me. It's okay to ask them, hey. I'm trying to get better over here. I'm new to writing my own emails. Is there any way why, that I could have done this better? People like to help people. So don't be scared to, you know, look like a rookie or look like you made a mistake. It actually humanizes you more when you can admit it. And, and I would speak to the fact that this is what's wrong in sales. What's wrong in sales is we're on teams of 50, but we feel like we're on an island. Like, why couldn't that person send that email to somebody on their team that they know are good or emails and give feedback? Why are we not doing that? Well, we don't do that because in sales, we've created this like mantra and identity that we can't be weak in anything. We're an animal. We're hungry. Let's go hammer them. Let's like they have that mantra. And, and, and there are some great companies, don't get me wrong, that create a culture uh, of, of working together and collaboration. But I was always a big believer of being a first mover in that. And then if I knew you were great at video, I'm sending you a video. Hey, I was thinking about sending this to 10 prospects. Would you take a look at it? And they look at it and they tell you, oh, that was pretty good. And then I always follow up. Listen, I know it wasn't pretty good. Give me some better feedback. I need yeah. real authentic feedback. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. Because what happens is we've created this structure that the feedback we get from managers is management feedback, not development feedback. So then all of our peers on the sales team same difference. We're getting management feedback, not development feedback. So we have to ask for that. I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that, you know, I think what you said there is pretty big because most people aren't going to give you the real feedback right away. So you have to know that and be willing to dig deeper, ask for more. Um, all right. So talk to me through, t give me some tactical examples of where and how people can show up differently to not be white noise like everybody else in sales. I mean, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's so easy. Like LinkedIn is the easiest place to not be like all the other fake plastic trees that are out there. Um, authentic. How are we connecting with people? Are we interacting with people? 
you know, the, the biggest piece is when you show up and you're looking at your, your main profile page. Is it different? Is it the same? You know, like I'm sitting here with a flat bill and a t-shirt, right? But I, you know, I've sold million dollar deals, but I am who I am. And so I, I think what happens is, uh, let me, let, let me kind of just tell you a story. I think of what happens to salespeople. So early on growing up, a salesperson to us was whatever the movies depicted or whatever we got on the phone calls. And so now we've got robocallers out the wazoo, right? But we get these calls that are like, hi, I'm with so-and-so XYZ insurance. Have you checked your insurance in a while? No, I haven't. Thank you. Bye. Newspaper salesman. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, we're selling the newspaper. Uh, pesticide or, or, or pest control. Do, do, do. Hey, pest control. I've already got it. Click. Well, here's what happens, man, is that we can only emulate what we've seen. Mm. So when a salesperson shows up, what do they do? They do what they've always experienced, and it's crap. So yeah. in yeah. the LinkedIn world, what do they do? Oh, they pamper their profile. They reach out. They connect with people the way they've seen. So you could be different by just saying, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it the way Chris Watson would do it. It's the yeah. laboratory all over again. So like, yeah. like, here's a perfect example. Do you think I only want to be a storyteller? No. I want to be a full-on business strategist that can close $100 million deals. I want to be that, and I want to put that out there. Do I think I'm capable of that? I do, but I know what I'm great at, and it's storytelling. This is where people are failing. When I read their tagline, when I read their profile, I'm just like, I don't believe you. Like mm -hmm. and here and, and and to take it one step further, I want to go into the psychological, and then I'll give you some more tactical. I'm going to tell you, you young people that are in sales, that mask that you're wearing gets very heavy. That mask that you're wearing, where you're playing this game, where you're just trying to fit in and blend, yep. is very heavy. Yep. Not only that, one day you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be like, I don't even know who I am anymore. But tactically, what I would say is. Oh, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've, heard the, I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories. I, I, I've heard stories uh, from people that this is what happens. You know, they maybe want to look or act or talk a certain way, maybe more relaxed, more chill, you know, uh, but they got to fit the part, especially if it's a big org, right? Large sales org, corporate to work your way up. You got to look, talk and act a certain way. And it happens. You become somebody that you don't recognize. I've heard the stories. Or like exactly what you said, they maybe find a couple of profiles that, hey, this looks pretty cool. Copy, paste, change a little bit, and that's it, right? Or go to the company website, copy, paste, and you know now at least my profile doesn't have the really super basic LinkedIn background, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, let, um, let, and, let me give you a metaphor about that. So... Um, <laughs> if you think about you're going to a small Midwest town and there's more churches than there are banks and I go into one church and then I go to the next church and I go to the next church and I go to the next church, what actually changes in those, the people on the inside and how I'm treated? Well, the problem is, is that no one will ever come into the door because they all think they're the same until mm. you say on the outside of the door, Hey, we're different. And these are our people. And this is how we live. And this is the authenticity of who we are. Well, that is really what your brand is. And so tactically, that's the first thing you have to figure out. I don't care whether you sell, you know, workout shaker bottles or you sell apples. I just have to have this random stuff or you sell chapstick or you sell, you know, uh, 
buy, you know, buy, maybe you'll get a cool sponsorship out of this. You sell buy <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you sell any of those things because if I'm a storyteller, I can build a story around this. I can build a story around this. I can build a story around this. So now, the point is I built my brand. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, now don't get confused sales hustlers because building your brand is not creating a persona. That's not you. Correct. Right? It's, Correct. It's, it's, it's honing in on what you are, who you are, what you believe in your, your past experiences, your personal, your professional blending all of that together, crafting a story, showing up differently, putting that on your profile, and then being consistent about what you're putting out there and staying with true to what you are. What would, I, what would you say your brand is? Tell me what you, you think your, your personal brand is. My personal brand is, is, is who I am, what I believe in personally and professionally, and I share that on socials. I mean, for me, it's about serving, man. I love sales. I, sales lights me up. I, I'm a founder of four different companies, and I spent two hours cold calling yesterday. I love sales. Cold calling is fun. I don't care about getting hung up on, you know, I, I enjoy that. I like building relationships. I like helping and serving others. And that's what I try to, you know, talk about when I post content and I try to engage with people, whether it's through email or LinkedIn DMs. And I try to be myself, keep it casual. I'm not a stuffy business person. You know what I mean? I've got tattoos. I barely made it through high school and I didn't go to college but I like connecting with people. So when I send a LinkedIn DM, it's short and sweet, like I'm sending a friend a text message and usually has slang and emojis. Yeah, and so I think that's what people are missing is like, if I'm a storyteller, you're a, you're a servant or a people connector, that it doesn't matter the XYZ company I work for, I'm still that. That's where people are missing on LinkedIn. That's what people are missing in their emails. That's where they're missing on the phone calls. Because if I know I'm a storyteller and I'm going into the phone call, my disrupt is telling stories. If you know you're a sales servant or a people connector, when you go into the phone calls or the emails, your copy is about that. It just happens to have a different letterhead, whether I work for XYZ or ABC. And here's the real truth for all of you listening. You want to develop that as quickly as possible because you're going to be moving from company to company, and the only thing that is going to ground you is knowing, I am this. This is what I've developed. I'm a strategist. I'm an innovator. I'm a whatever it might be. Connector, server, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is, is if you're confident in that, in that skill, whatever it is, or your brand or sales in general, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If, if, if you're at the top of your game in, in the sales org and that company crumbles and goes away tomorrow, you're confident enough that you know you can go somewhere else and you'd be fine. Exactly. Yep, exactly. All right. So we've covered a lot here. Um, let's go a little bit more into the tactical stuff about LinkedIn. I know we talked a little bit about the psychological and the branding and the storytelling. Like how can people be using it and showing up differently and not being that white noise on that platform? Yeah, I mean, I think they're... I'm going to try and stay away from words like authenticity and loyalty and honesty. I'm just going to say to you like this is that we don't need another post about sales managers sucking. We don't need another post about why do we have KPIs? We don't need another post about remote work. Why? Because there's hundreds of them. There's only one post about Chris Watson almost getting arrested, which I posted last week. There's only one of those. So if you really want your content to be different, here's what you have to figure out tactically, okay? How do I feel so 
passionately about something that I am going on that first one or two lines, putting that out there to say that I feel sorry for sales managers because they don't know how to develop people. Mm. Ooh, you said, mm. Everyone's going to say, mm. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, what did you just do? You just disrupted. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could do that in an email. Oh, you could do that in a video. Oh, wait, you could do that on a, 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 a voice memo. Voice DM. Right. Yeah. So like, it literally LinkedIn is the laboratory for outreach. LinkedIn really is the prospecting machine and, 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 and for you to be able to experiment for real life, you know, essentially. And so yeah. I, I would say, you know, what are you passionate about? Then the meat, the meat is the story. The meat is the story, man. I am a big believer in stories. People connect with stories. People want to read stories. Uh, you know, if, if you ask almost anybody in the world about Winnie the Pooh and they were born from 70, to probably 99 or 2000, they know Winnie the Pooh and they know some type of story because the brand is strong and the stories are strong. So they have to tell a story and then make your point at the end. What's the, what's the lesson learned that we all can take away? Oh, your sales manager wasn't good at developing and you believe that that means that we need to be self-developers? I agree 100%. And these three ways that you believe every salesperson should develop themselves Oh, wait, there needs to be a conversation with your manager. I'm scared, but that challenges my thinking. Thank you for posting that. And then something at the end that I go take action. So I think that is the, that's the concept. And like, look, you go check out my followers. I got 3,000 followers. I'm up and coming, but I learn from people that have 50,000 and 25,000. The commitment is where the tough thing comes in. The commitment of you posting every day, the commitment of going and interacting with people like yourself and people like me and actually saying something thoughtful. Don't even get me started on the whole thoughtful comments. I get pissed like, great one. Love this. I'm like, you didn't even think about that. You could have done that in your sleep. Like, (laughs) if you're going to comment, bro, comment. If you're not going to comment, just freaking hit like because I don't want your, your piss poor comment. In fact, it says more about your character that you did a piss poor comment then if you took the time to actually comment on something relevant that hit, that struck you, that was disruptive to you. So I hope that's what you're wanting, but that's some tactical things that I would say people can do tomorrow. Evaluate, evaluate your brand on LinkedIn and then say, can I take what I'm doing now and actually translate it into my sales walk in outreach, in the CRM, in my emails, uh, you know, in my follow up and all those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's okay. So that's for posting content. And you're saying that you can use that same strategy. LinkedIn is kind of like your testing ground. That's the laboratory. The posts that do well, that's a great engaging story that can catch people's attention in a DM, in an email. So you're saying that I've never thought of LinkedIn that way. Uh, You know, I post content pretty consistently, short posts, long text, short text, video, you know, podcast, all kinds of stories now. Like, you know, I've never viewed LinkedIn as the testing ground for copy. That's, I'm going to have to start using that for sure. I love that. Um, So now for me on LinkedIn DMs, voice DMs and all that stuff, like reaching out to people, I personally like to keep it short and sweet. Like I'm sending a friend a text message what are, what are your thoughts on connecting with people and not just creating content, but creating relationships and taking them off to the platform to take them, you know, wherever you, whatever journey you want to go in as a sales professional? I think there's some nuances here. So I think the first nuance is you have to figure out how have I interacted with this person before, or am I literally 
connecting with them for the very first time we've never interacted together because i think those are two different veins of the dm that i that i'm going to send um you got to call out the obvious that's the number one for me man calling out the obvious is that if i'm a sales trainer and you're a sales director don't send a dm that has nothing to do with sales training yeah that that that's ignorant or, or don't pretend like you want to connect because you find me interesting because and you really correct. want to sell me something <laughs> yeah, that that's like, that's like, um, you know, ha like that's like, basically a girl you're dating broke up with another guy for you. You've got to know that she's gonna leave you eventually for somebody else too, right? Mm. So that DM is starting the relationship basically on a lie, yeah. on a manipulation. And why would they want to do business? So I, I'm I'm very direct in that. Hey, I'm with the Sales Rebellion. We do a lot of great sales training. The things that we thrive in are this, this, and this. Would love to connect with you to see if our values connect. Yeah, yeah. What are no, they? I, if they I say yes it. or no, it, you know, it's cool. I like video because I'm a video guy. I'm a smile. I'm boisterous. It's who I am. Audio is cool, but audio is usually my second or third touch because I can I can then take from whatever the response was and my follow up on the audio is typically a little bit more, uh, you know, psychologically more emotional and connect. So I would say for someone that I've never reached out to, call out the obvious. For somebody that I've connected with, that I've seen their content, I'm pulling something out of their content. I'm saying, hey, you know what, Chris? I really love that story that you told about this. It made me think about this. Let me tell you what I do, which is this. We should connect. Got it. Okay. Because, because you know, the same way, like... If you and I met in a networking group, the first place you're going to go is either my LinkedIn or my website. Why are you doing that? Because you're almost testing my brand. Okay, I met this type of guy. Wow, he looks he looks a lot more stuffy and about business. And who's that guy? That's not the guy I met at the networking event. Mm. It's the same thing. I get the DM. Wow, Chris sounds great. I go read the thing, and it's like uh, managing companies to help them grow 3X and well, that wasn't the voicemail I got. This guy was talking about disrupt marketing and the crumpled letter. And I looked at him. He had a flat bill on and a T-shirt. That that other guy, I don't know who that guy. So we mixed messaging. Yeah. So on brand. How can we be on brand in our DMs? So that, I think that's such an important piece. You got to be on brand with your messaging of the brand and the content that you're putting on. So you got to really know yourself so well that you know what your brand is so that it's coming out on all mediums, no matter where it is, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, DMs, email, phone calls, whatever it is, because if those aren't matching, it's going to, you're going to lose trust with the prospect. Yeah, and 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 to that point, for any any sales managers or sales directors or sales leaders that are listening to this, this is an area that you can. I'm going to use the word micro develop. It's one I like. Micro develop your people to help them develop a brand that's underneath the umbrella of your organization. And why do you do that? There's three reasons why you do that. Number one. If we can de determine what is Chris's superpower, what does he do well, well, then now we have almost a litmus test for he does copy well. Okay, he, he got, Chris is the copy guy. He's really going to – if you have copy, let's brainstorm. and Let's have some collaborative effort. Well, what does that do to me, man? You, you, were, in you, know, you were in school. You said you almost dropped out. It's because your teachers suck. But what do you do? You find what they're passionate about, and you make them the hero of the classroom. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so great at drawing. Whenever we have drawing, that's our drawing guy. He's great at speaking. He's a great leader. He that's what we do. So we can do that in our sales organization. That's money. Number two, if you're we talking help- about you're talking about a more collaborative sales environment, where does this exist? Yeah, you know, that's why I'm challenging the leaders right now. That's why I said that. Number two, and this is where the leaders, it's a payoff for you. This is the value prop for you. Is if you truly want your salespeople to continue to perform at the highest level, you have to know what kind of feedback they want. If you don't know what kind of, and, and, and let me get, if you don't mind, I can get in the weeds for two seconds is this. If your feedback is you just want to get paid and it's money, well, then I'm going to offer that feedback when you have success and when you have failure. Hey, listen, if we can just get 22% more of where you're at right now, it's going to be these dollars. Ding, 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 ding. That motivates me. But what if I had said to that guy, if you can get 22% more, we're going to promote you to management. And he's like, I don't care about management. Well, then now I'm not having him actually stay as a high performer. On the flip side, if I can find somebody that I know is like, man, I just want to be in a leadership role. I'm really passionate about leadership. I love leadership. It's who I work with in my organization. It's how I sell. Well, then now I know to give that feedback to that individual. Why do I say that? Because all of that has to do with brand. A storyteller is a teacher who wants to be a leader. I want to get promoted. I'm willing to take a lower salary if I know I'm on track. Ask me how many sales managers ever gave me feedback according to that. Zero for all of those listening. Zero. Why? Well, because they never asked. Yeah. No, it's 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 a common it's a common thing in sales leadership. You can't coach everybody the same. There's no silver bullet to motivating your team. You got to dig deep and figure out what they care about and continue to drive them towards that when they're falling short. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, and here's the thing, like you said, falling short, I'm going to push on that. I think it's actually proactively when they're performing at their best to sustain that. So I think too often, that's what a manager does. Oh, you're not doing well. Let's have a talk. No, 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 no. no. A developer says, Chris, how can we have hunger in paradise? Right now is paradise. Your pipeline is full. You've sold more this month. You ever sold in your entire life. How do we sustain this? That's what I'm talking about because that's a bigger value add to a manager than them just basically having to clean up all the messes around the office when some guy, you know, drops half of his pipeline or isn't doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. All right, Chris, it's been fantastic having you on here. We got to wrap it up. Unfortunately, tons of value in here for all you sales hustlers out there. Uh, Chris, before I let you go, of course, tell folks where they can find you. They can learn more about your story and what you have to share with them today. Yeah, you know, connect with me on on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, number two, when you connect with me, I'll send you a Calendly link. We'll have a 15, 20 minute conversation just to get to know you more and maybe be able to bring as much value as we can. My 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 meetings with you are much different than you'll ever have in your life because I don't really get any of your story. I get right in and try to give you three things that are going to be beneficial. Number two, thesalesrebellion.com. Click on squad. Find my picture down below. Click on me and uh, we can connect through that as well. So um, I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I love what you're doing. I love the people you're having on. And uh, you are an inspiration to so many that thought they had to have a degree or thought they had to have a plan or they couldn't have a tattoo or whatever it might be. And so I appreciate you and, and everything you're doing. Oh, awesome, man. I appreciate it. And thanks for uh, being on here. And we'll share those links. Chris is going to give you one of his most valuable things, which is his time. And he promised it'll be different than any other call you ever hop on. So I would highly suggest you take advantage of that. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.